Welcome to the Tech Talk Show, an hour of news, views and discussion. Welcome to the show. We're joined in the studio by Brian McCarthy. He's from Going Store. Brian, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks. Hi. And we've also got Jerry Conlon, and Jerry's from Bloom Labs, and we've got some great tech to talk about later with you, Jerry, so that's really good. Uh, Dan, welcome. Hi, Steve. How, How are you? Doing? Yeah, we've got unboxing, and um, we can't wait for a bit of tech unboxing, can we? Oh, we do. And we're going to go to the telephones and, and have a quick chat with Daniel, Daniel Steele as well, who is from Unbound Live. But first of all, Brian McCarthy. Brian, you're in. You're from Grow, Go In Store. Go In Store, yeah. Yeah, and I, I've, I've had a little look at your website already. Yep. And obviously, it, it's about making the shopping experience a bit more involving and engaging and a bit more information, or it, it just gives you more Yeah, I mean, it's, a two, it's kind of a, a twofold thing, or at least the original concept was primarily based around retail shopping. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, maybe looking more at uh, conversion rates. So okay. in-store, you can get conversion rates upwards to 20 30%. Um, a lot of that is fed these days by um, people researching online, web, web, web rooming, they call it. Right. Um, and then going to the store, and they're kind of primed for purchase. But it's not just that. Uh, our co-founders kind of realized while working in uh, omni-channel personalization that... Um, the key in store is is people, so your salespeople are a really valuable asset, and they can kind of uh, give an experience in store that can convert people into buying something. Sure. And having a great shopping experience. When you look at online, uh, that's kind of lost. Online is, uh, as we know, primarily just a digital thing. So yeah. going store is trying to bridge that gap and give people at home an in store shopping experience. So give us some examples of how it actually does that in terms of gives you a more personalization. Yeah, so um, a kind of a typical walkthrough is you're, you're on, the, on the website, you're browsing some items. Um, you might be looking at a particular product or just a category. You might want help or you want, might want a deeper look at a particular product. At that point, you can click and connect directly to somebody in the store who's uh, right. kitted out with smart glasses or a, or a phone. Okay. All you have to do is share your microphone, so you don't have to share your image. It's, you know, we're trying to keep yeah. people personal. <clears throat> and um, then that person in store can greet them face on with the front camera and then show them around the store, show them, talk them through products, um, really as if they were there, kind of having eyes in the store without physically being there. Because uh, some of the things I find is one can be technology and actually knowing what piece of kit works with something else that then works with something else. Yeah. And actually you can get really, really confused in terms of, do I need that one or that one and this one, that one? And that would help in terms of picking the right range of things to go together. But it's more than that as well, I assume. And yeah, it could be if you're choosing a car, for instance. Yeah. You, you know, the car configurators are great, the online yep. ones, but they don't answer your questions, do they? No, not quite. And, and I think that kind of opens the conversation towards what originally started by looking at kind of typical high street retail um, 
we've broadened out into other verticals. So automotive and hospitality, you might be yeah. looking at a hotel room yeah. or, or a car or, or kidding it out. And it really gives people the opportunity to um, skip some steps. Either they can't physically be there or there's something the website doesn't answer. Um, and just getting to see it and and kind of ask direct questions, like you yeah. say, what if I wanted this particular setup on the car? What does that actually look like? Can you show me? Yeah, or, or yeah. Uh, have you got an example in the showroom of this particular colour, mm -hmm. specification, setup, seat type, or whatever? I mean, that yeah. would be amazing to be able yeah, to do exactly. that. Yeah, so... Yeah, I was just thinking. So, so one of the things for me is I, I do like shopping online, and, and I guess you know Amazon is one of Damn, the big ones. Damn, that's because you don't like being with people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> is that door closed? No, yeah. no. And Amazon's really, you know, very convenient. Um, but one of the things I find is that if I'm I'm looking for I don't know, suddenly new new set of headphones or something, and you start reading the reviews, you don't know whether the person who's written the review is balanced one way or the other. You know, if they're <laughs> and, and so being able to actually, you know, being able to look at the website, have the benefits of, of that convenience, but then being able to converse with someone. That you yeah, can, you know, yeah I mean, absolutely. And, you know, um, uh, uh, so much focus now on data and personalization and bots and algorithms trying to understand you. Um, they can analyze what it is you're doing, but it's very hard for them to actually get to the emotional side of or, or what you're actually thinking. Um, whereas people are very good at that, you know, uh, through conversation, they can really get to the heart of what your desires are or what yeah. what problems you have mm. and, and answer it in a much better way than uh, some sort of automated tool can. So at Go and Store, we're really focused on putting people back into the Internet, essentially, um, and making it a more social place, a more exciting place to shop and, and communicate. So... Um how did the idea come about? When did it start and what, what was the journey? Yeah, so um, our, our co-founders, Man Kurana and uh, Andre Hordegoda, uh, they were working in omni-channel personalization and uh, they initially struck upon this idea of conversion. So they, they saw the gap in online and in-store conversion. And that triggered in their mind, you know, how can you get the online people the in-store experience and get those conversion rates. So um, out of that idea, they then uh, got Zishan Gallup, he's our CTO, and he really started to prototype and build a solution, um, originally looking specifically around sort of smart glasses, so they tried Google Glass. Okay. And then ultimately we partnered with Epson, yeah. who have some smart glasses, um, which runs on an Android platform. So he, he built that prototype and... Uh, from there, really, it's just gone, uh, exploded. We've we've gone from just retail, like I said, to automotive and hospitality. And uh, there's really no bounds to where you can sort okay. of apply it. The more you talk to people, yeah, you they go, get so actually, excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm thinking about lots of it. I will come to those in a minute. So the technology is, um, effectively, you've got a, a link back to the, the web browser or the person shopping online through an, an Android device or just a... Yeah, so yeah. The, the caller, if you like, is just on a browser. That's the beauty of the underlying tech, WebRTC. And they're calling through to somebody on a smartphone. Currently, that's Android, yeah. um, or it could be the smart glasses. Yeah, so, and then from that, they can either, through the head-up display on the uh, 
glasses they can see questions and and you know interact with the people and then actually direct the video towards what was required or pick what's necessary yeah so that you're actually talking uh, so you don't have to type um, it's it's, it's yeah. it doesn't have a chat uh, interface yet it may do um, but it's really the focus on you know chatting it's one-way video so there's only video going from the store to you yeah um, and the person with the phone may have additional kit like Bluetooth headsets and uh, yeah. gimbals for video stabilization yeah, so to give a really good experience. Or hands-free or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jerry, you're going to come in. Yeah, it, lo it looks like a, an opportunity to create some real business model innovation. For instance, if I wanted to buy a car in, say, you know, Manchester, I can't see it. I don't necessarily, you know, want to just read what's on the website, Autotrader or whatever. It would be fantastic if it was a nationwide service where I could contact somebody in Manchester, let's say, tell them, I'm really interested in this car. Can you go and meet the person? I'll pay you to do that. And, you know, with things like Airbnb, where you might want to spend two weeks, you know, contact somebody locally. That it, 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 Apart from just the technology, it looks like it can yeah. create entirely new business models. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Internet of Things and... Uh, Things are things. <clears throat> um, and there's now talk of the Internet of People. So um, people as a service, that would tie yeah, in exactly absolutely. to that, being able to sort of say, I'll be your man on the ground uh, and do that. Obviously, we're starting off very focused on supplying a service yeah. for particular companies, um, but they're, they're fulfilling that role for you. And it's very true of cars, secondhand cars in particular. It's an actual car. It's not... A cookie cut of a particular model. Yeah, yeah. it has yeah. it has yeah. scrapes can I, can or I, specific radio. Yeah, can I look so under the bonnet? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, show yeah. me this. Can you show me that? And how long you had it and everything else. Exactly. So you're actually going through the whole yeah. range of interacting, yeah. which is either going to give you confidence or not, I suppose, in one way or the other. So, what about some of the tech? How hard was it to create some of the technology that sits behind it? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we were the first to build an app running on uh, the smart glasses which uh, uh, use this technology to actually stream from a store um, so that was largely done before I joined by our CTO I, I joined about a year and a half two years in I've been there a year and a half already now it's flown by mm -hmm. um, as the VP of product so I'm really focused on uh, product strategy and also how we um, understand what our customers want and really funneling that into a prioritized view of our product and, and getting it out there so i'm just wondering so for the um for the companies that are, you know are doing the selling and, and having the you know having the consumers contact them is there sort of um data they can get from the system to analyze to sort of understand more about you know what sort of questions they're being asked you know what the you know customer interaction is like yeah so um that's a good question i mean this opens up uh, a whole lot of questions about the data that you can potentially get from a conversation. Um, it's very akin, though, to when you call up and it says this call will be recorded. But we're currently not uh, offering that mm -hmm. uh, yet. We're, we're still looking at the potential for that. And uh, obviously, you know, that people have concerns over privacy. So we're really thinking about that, but we haven't actioned that as yet. Um, but certainly, if you think about maybe the... Uh, I, I, I was watching an interesting video recently about um, Uber and how <clears throat> on Uber you, you, you can rate a driver. And in doing so, you're actually weeding out anybody who's 
gives a bad experience. So there's never a three star driver because nobody wants those guys. Yeah. And so if you have a similar situation where um, you as a, as, a, as a retailer or a company are getting feedback on the performance of your staff, um, that helps you. And also the customer is in a very powerful position to kind of make the thing better by feeding back. So we do have customer mm. feedback surveys and we do do survey some information from the salespeople themselves. So I think at the moment that's our key data grab, if you like. Mm. So yeah. what's the uh, what's the main area of uh, focus for you at the moment in terms of the sectors and technology? Um, yeah, sector-wise, uh, we're really um, looking to get good use cases in a lot of key verticals. So uh, retail, automotive, hospitality, um, also real estate is a good one as mm -hmm. well. Um, we also had an inquiry for super yachts and things <laughs> things like that. So, um, you know, the, the tech really does lend itself to, to any vertical, but we obviously want to find uh, good partners in key verticals to help us really define it and get its strengths right to fit those yeah. markets. I mean, obviously that, uh, you know, there'd be nothing better than you want to look at 20 wedding venues rather than travel around 20 different sites. You can do a walk around, a chat with the venue first. Yes. And then marry, maybe narrow it down to two or three or something. And that could be the same for anything, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It so just gives you a better feeling for what's there. Yeah, yeah. So we've, um, we've, we're working with Marriott Hotel Group. So uh, they started out with us uh, looking at uh, selling convention space. And that's a perfect example. If you're hosting a very large convention, um, there's only a few places in Europe, let's say, uh, having to fly and visit all those to inspect them and weigh them up uh, is expensive. Yeah. Um, so from a carbon footprint aspect as well, this solves a lot of those kind of problems, gets you there, you can look around and you can kind of more quickly make your decisions yeah hone it down to exactly what meets your requirements yeah. and the other thing is people buy from people or people you know yeah. engage don't they and I, I don't know my wife's an event manager and oh, yeah. she is it's really important for her to have confidence in the person at the venue very true and if you're actually inter interacting with them live yeah it's a it's a good way to judge whether it's going to work or what yeah that's another benefit for this yeah. for the seller if you like um there's, there's a trust economy has now come about where people are quite, you know, distrustful of um, certain websites. So originally you could find a product, say, I'm going to buy that, look around, find the cheapest seller. Um, but now we're almost going, well, I don't necessarily trust those people or I don't know what they do to sell it at that price. Mm. People want to know uh, and trust their yeah. sellers and, and have yeah. transparency. So this helps in that area as well. Well, it sounds like a fantastic product, and I wish you Cheers. every luck. Um, Thanks. There's obviously details on your website. Yeah, goinstore.com. Um, you can go there and, and see all the info. Uh, yeah. You can also uh, go experience it on Axel Arigato, uh, Maplin, um, and um, Marriott Hotels, but that's a convention space, so maybe yeah. less of the listeners will be doing that. Yeah, sure, yeah. But where, you know, over the next year or two, if you could pick one or two sectors you'd really like to go to obviously well, I'd love to go to the luxury yacht one that's yeah. quite good to me <laughs> they where won't let you, you in no they wouldn't, they wouldn't <laughs> where, where would you uh, where would you pick um, oh, that's a good question I mean I think retail is interesting um, 
high-end retail, I think. High-end, yeah. yeah. So it's not for everything, right? You may not buy a pair of socks on a video call. Yeah, it's not going to work at Primark, is it? Let's be honest. Well, maybe not, but certainly considered purchases, we call them. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect fit. Um, um, I think some other interesting ones are like, um, which have more of a social impact, um, a Porsche Museum, for example. We, we did a trial there, so you can actually visit the Porsche Museum yeah. and experience their cars. Now, um, a lot of people can't physically make it, so they, yeah. they fed back to us like, there's uh, sick children who can't sure. ever make it there yeah. or, or, or other people. Um, and it really helps their dreams come true. So I, I like that kind of yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, I, do I think too. that's quite yeah. cool. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to speak to you, Brian. And uh, I know you're going to hang around for the rest of the sure. show. So, yeah, yeah great. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. So, Dan, it's that time of the show when we're actually going to do a bit of unboxing. Thank the Lord. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, this is the part of the show where we have a bit of tech, which Dan has got in his box. None of us have seen it, and uh, we want to uh, critique it, play with it, see what it's like, and I would welcome your views, comments, <laughs> and annihilations of it, basically. Yeah. So, um, first of all, we've got a very clean white box. Yeah, that's a surprise. It's, it's yeah. an unboxing item. It's in the white box. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what do you think of the packaging, first of all? Um, Shall I hand it very, very Apple-esque. It is very <laughs> Apple-esque, isn't it? Yes, yeah, indeed. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, it's pretty minimal, isn't it, really? Yeah. So, what actually have we got? So, um, do you want to describe the packaging? Right. So, um, so, it's a white box. Um, it's got a 180 degrees cloud camera in on it, um, a Wi Fi globe panora panoramic camera, and there's a couple of images of it. Um, and I'm just going to slip it out. That's good. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh these instructions. Oh, I hate <laughs> instructions. Okay, so within the box there are some instructions. Uh, with a user manual. Yeah. I'll grab those. Yeah. So and then we've got a small item. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah, Wi Fi okay. camera user manual. I'll tell you a story about this in a minute. I've always I want one of these. <laughs> so it better What be a user good. manual or? No, the Wi Fi camera. Oh. So Is this yours then? No, it's not mine. You know I don't buy anything for the show. <laughs> so um, in the box is um, the charger and what looks like a, um, a mount for the camera. Um, there's an SD card, um, some screws for the mount, an Allen key, and the camera itself. So let's pass that around first of all, and yep. everybody can have a look. Have a look at that. So reasonably packaged, I think look pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I think um, it's got everything you need in there. The instructions are relatively straightforward. It needs an app. So it says search 360 IS. I assume producer Danny has got that on his phone all ready to go. Yeah, there oh, it is. Look at it. Oh, look at that. Do you know what so, I've noticed as well? That it goes directly to you now rather than me. Yeah, because you are absolutely <laughs> useless in doing this. Um, so it's got it's got an iPhone app and it's also got an Android app, guys. What's the actual feeling about the camera? It also, the industrial design looks pretty okay. Uh, I don't know how well the, the black and white works, but... Uh, it looks pretty. Looks pretty good. Look, looks clean. Yeah, it's clean. Kind of light. I don't know if that. It looks. It looks heavy, but actually, it's. Yeah. Uh, it's not bad at all. So we've got. I'd say it's like a toilet roll tube <laughs> size, really. Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, with some plastic covering, covering which I've taken camera, off. Yeah. And so we have a screw mount on the bottom. Looks like a standard camera screw mount size. Yep. 
there's a lens two thirds of the way up, and then on the top section looks where looks like where the micro SD goes, but I can't. Yes, it is. Yeah, so it's got a micro. Has it got one in there already? Yeah, yeah, it has. Look. Oh, look, look, okay. So yeah, um, I've just got it back in. The on-off button. I'm not really sure where that is. So I'll have to look at the instructions. There must be an on-off button somewhere. Uh, yeah, is there a speaker on the back? I think yep, it must be. It yeah, it looks yep, like yeah. a perforated yeah. speaker, and it's got a micro USB port on the back, and some sort of sound input or something. Uh, it's a reset button actually. Oh, reset. So okay. yeah, we won't we'll <coughs> press that later and see what happens. So the first thing is, Dan, how do we turn it on? Uh, if the reset button was to auto link with the Wi-Fi hub, that would be fantastic because then you wouldn't need to read the. Reading, yeah, read exactly, instructions. Yeah. And I think everything should be like that nowadays. I'm trying to slide. No. Yeah, if you can't find the on switch, it's not so good. <laughs> yeah, it's not, That's good. not so good. <laughs> According to the instruction, there is only the as uh, is the um, reset button on the back. So, oh, that's no, not a button either, is it? We there's tried. There's an Allen key for some sort. What's that for? <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I think that might be for the. Um, Possibly for, the, for the a typing. Maybe yeah. you have to plug it in. <coughs> it, does it, it doesn't have a battery, maybe. Oh, that could be a good point. Hang on a sec. Do you think it needs it to be plugged in? No. So as a hint, I just plugged it in when I uh, had a quick look at it earlier. So there was no one off for me. Okay, so, so it doesn't need to plug, plug it in. in. Okay. Right, so we're going to plug that in somewhere. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, where, I don't know. Over to you, Dan, on that one. So, Presumably um, you'd want the camera up high, so the cable's kind of short. Yeah. yeah. This one, hang on, we've got, we've got a socket on the wall. I'm going to pull something out, God knows, yeah? Yeah, there you go. That'll do. Have a look at that one. Right, the camera is now in. Okay, it's in. We've got a red and light. we've got a red light. So okay. So, so we have an offline camera here on the app. Camera is not online. Okay. It's a bit Cameras. reminiscent of uh, Hal. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. does, yeah. Yeah, so just wants to be read in where the camera is instead. <laughs> yeah. Poke the reset button on the camera, it says. Oh, okay. Let's with the it. little oh, Allen key. Let's try the Allen key. It says, poke the reset button on the camera. Next. Oh. It says, connect to the Wi-Fi is not supported. Enter Wi-Fi password. <laughs> Dan, Wi-Fi password. Uh... Um, at no, not here. Oh. Vodafone <laughs> Mobile. Say it out loud. Um, that's what you just unplugged, isn't it? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Read that out to me while I do it. Oh. Okay. Honestly, Any, anyone who wants our Wi-Fi key, it is yeah uh, two six eight zero five zero nine nine one one. Your security guys have just come. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. done that now. That's <laughs> okay, so we've yeah. got we've got a green light now, so this is impressive. Yeah, I'll is. tell you what, this if might we, be the first if time we paired that with that <coughs> online, on, on air, that will be a miracle. It'll be the pinnacle. It will be. We'll have achieved way beyond. Wait. It says wait. Your network <laughs> chart change is detected. Okay. Does it feel like it's haranguing you <laughs> with its instructions? Yeah, wait. I don't, know. I don't know. It's asked for the, yeah, it's asked for the thing again. No, hang on. I think we might have been over optimistic. Please turn up the volume and get close to the camera. What? I've turned up the volume. Oh, okay. Close to the camera. Okay, so it's, yeah. it just says wait. 
So, Dan, wait. I, I am. Uh, I am uh, getting a bit bored yeah. with this, to be we quite just... honest. So, oh, oh, camera's ready. Camera's yep. ready. Blinking green light. It's ready to go. Okay. It must have heard you. So, I'm going back to the camera is online. So, here we go, guys. I'll tell you what, that is an absolute miracle that we've done that. <laughs> I can't, can you believe that? No, I, I'm, that's a good thing right. I'm sitting down. Here we go. <laughs> be prepared to be amazed. Wow. I'll pass that round. Okay. It's quite... It's not the smoothest when you move it. No. It's not the best picture either, is it? Let's be honest. No. <laughs> it looks like a fisheye lens. It's a bit... Bit unusual, yeah. But I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm guessing if you are fairly close to it, if you just put it up to your face, or you know, hold it, shove it, shove it in your mouth, Dan. Hold on, I hold the camera. <laughs> Don't show me my mouth. Yeah, come on, have a look at my eye. Does it look that better? is so desperately slow? Oh yeah. Yeah, look, hold, hold that. Oh crikey! <laughs> Tell you what, I am handsome, you know, aren't I? Oh, sorry, it's no, it's you. No, it's you. Oh well. That is, uh, yeah. That's the so I, I'm going to ask. I can't see that going on on go <laughs> go to store. Can you? Well, I suppose. Oh, sorry. Go in store. Sorry. There's a lot of these kind of home cameras now for security, yeah. or hard to tell where they're. I guess it's just a general thing, general mm. use. Yeah. Yeah. On as I say, it's uh, it's very very slow. The frame. It's I mean it's delayed quite substantially actually. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, I, there's I, a massive delay on it. So, so one of the um, one of the, the um, functions it has is um, motion detector. Um, so apparently, when it detects motion, then the, um, save your picture and send a warning to the app. But the length of time that took to react and do anything, <laughs> I think they'd be long gone by the time you receive the. It has got volume, so let's see. Turn it up, Dan. Talking to it, and I'll see if it comes out. So, hello, Steve. Hello. No, no, no. no. on the back it isn't it the volume the speaker no yeah it has a speaker on the back but no you don't. can speak from the app I think oh right. oh oh yeah keep your finger on that hold on right testing testing one two three testing testing one two three <laughs> yeah it does but there's a real delay on it so uh, yeah that's interesting but if you can hear back it's not a lot of point in saying anything no is well it? yeah <laughs> yeah I suppose you can talk to somebody that's it um it's probably valuable for presence detection or identification, but certainly the video quality is way below uh, where it needs to be in this day and age. That's not good, is it? Look at that. No. It's so slow, Brian, as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it, you've seen those kind of doorbell cameras. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah similar to that. just reminds me of those, it? really. So, um, yeah. I'd like to ask you, starting with Brian, how much would you think that retails for? Um... I'm going to go low and go 29.99. Yeah. I wouldn't pay Jerry. more than 20 quid for it simply because it doesn't do what I'd want. <laughs> no. If if useless. I was if I was to use it as a presence detector at a front door I'd probably pay more. But if I wanted to use it, you know, within the building doing like a a Skype type thing, I just wouldn't buy it. No. Dan. No, indoor use only. I was just reading. Um Is it really? I reckon uh, I'm going to go uh, £16.99. £16.99. <laughs> yeah. Trump me. <laughs> I, yeah, yes. I'm going to go 15 
Oh. I'll go the lower, lowest, lowest of the lot, because actually it's pretty dire, I have to say. So, producer Danny will give us a little bit of background facts, and then let us know. Yeah, the basic facts on this is it's not the top range uh, camera, that's for sure. Um, it is still say it's a two-way um, vocal, so it does seem that ah. somehow you can... Really, it, it does work uh, to two way. Um, we've gone for a lower, a lower end one. It's a seven twenty p HD camera, they reckon. Um, and obviously, it's for more of a night use, so audio night night use. But I think for more of a what, deterrent. When you can't see anything. Yeah. Get out of my house. That was their aim, and it was kind of a deterrent factor, maybe for an older generation or something. Maybe right. I don't know. Because they move slowly. <laughs> you said that, way, not me. While you're talking to us, I'm I'm just texting a few people on your phone. <laughs> All right, Danny. Yeah. yeah, let's get to the price. <laughs> yeah. So the price is some really good guesses there. So this one came in at just twenty eight ninety nine. Um Do I get a price? Yeah. yeah. You can keep it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You can keep it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you want to keep it, the bin the bin's over there actually. <laughs> So twenty nine ninety five, twenty eight ninety nine, twenty eight ninety nine. I bet you yeah. can find it cheaper somewhere. I bet you could get it at a BP garage. We're selling it for a tenner. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the question I've got to ask is, does it rock? I think I know. Or are you going to put it back in the box? So Dan, uh, back in the box for me. In Indoor box. use only. It in has the... a big green flashing light, so I can't really see how it's you know no. a security thing. So Jerry, no. Back in the box. Back in the box. The laptops have better cameras already, so... Yeah, Brian. Yeah, back in the box. Why have 180, there's 360 now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it stinks. <laughs> I'm going to shove it back in the box. <laughs> so, I think that was unanimous. Another great pick there, Danny. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, was that yours? Nope. That one was Harry's. Thank the office for us, will you? Yeah, yeah, cheers, yeah. Harry. Anyway, um, we're joined on the line by Dan Seal. Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you and and uh, we've just had a uh, horrible unboxing of the worst three uh, fisheye camera I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> we're also joined, still joined in the studio by Brian McCarthy and Jerry Conlon. Um, we're going to come to Jerry later on in the show, but we're just going to talk to you now a little bit about Unbound Live. Tell us what, what what's going on. So, yeah, so look, Unbound, we are a platform where we organize events and work with corporates all around the world on connecting startups um, and innovation to big corporates and brands so we do that in london we've got our festival coming up in next month actually under 30 days time we run asia's largest tech festival in singapore and we're launching one in miami next year or sorry end of this year yeah. for the whole latin america region brilliant and how did the event in singapore go the event scene was fantastic. We had over 11,000 people from a launch event three years ago of 2,000. The numbers have keep doubling. And I think Asia is a really exciting market. Singapore is a great place. And I think the whole world at the moment is looking for this drive towards creating a digital economy, a knowledge economy. And that's where we're seeing this whole startup boom happen globally. I mean, we did say perhaps we could bring the Tech Talk show from Singapore next year if you run it again. So, uh, obviously, yeah, definitely. I I'll think keep you, guys, you guys are coming to London. We are, definitely, <laughs> so, yeah. We're so, going to be with so you at the we'll, end of July. We'll, we'll get you in Singapore. Miami, by the way, is a great place, great weather. We should definitely get you guys there. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I can take your show around the world. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, actually, the weather today is looking pretty good in London as well. Yeah. So can't really complain uh, 
too much. So the whole purpose of the event is to join up corporates and, and brands and companies with new technology and yes. disruptive technology that's going to take things further It's about forward. bridging the grassroots. You know, there's so much we're seeing at the moment of grassroots innovation, of startups being, and every day you're hearing a new startup and a new company. And every day we're hearing of cities, of corporates, of brands, all wanting to see what's happening. And we, we act as that as that facilitator because, you know, every every day we're seeing new businesses form, businesses changing and the world's changing so much. And our job is to kind of be that bridge, be that connection and enable people to listen and understand of how these changes are affecting business and affecting the economy and affecting the way we live. Yeah, fascinating. I'm just interested. How, how did you get into, you know, in, in, into sort of producing Unbound Life? But I don't know. I don't know whether it's luck, fluke, or skill. Um, <laughs> but it kind of like happened. I used to start doing these business networking events of connecting investors with startups, and I realised investors aren't really the most exciting people in the world. They all say the same thing. You know, they're looking for the best entrepreneurs. And what I realised is, it's about helping startups meet customers and what corporates and brands and other things do and it kind of just fell in we did an event our first event in london about five years ago we we had 300 people and the next year we had 800 and then it kind of grew we we never worry really about numbers because you know you can have events of hundreds of thousands of people and not meet people we always try to keep the audiences curated and working out not too many of one group and then it's just grown and grown and then the name got out, we expand into Asia, we see Asia's got huge potential, and then Latin America, it's kind of been a fun journey, you know, I get to meet lots of cool people, talk to <laughs> nice people like yourself, and really just see how things have evolved and emerged and changed. So, uh, I know, did you run events last year as well? Yeah, so we, Unbound London's in its fourth year. Okay. So last year we were very fortunate. We had His Royal Highness the Duke of York and his Picture the Palace initiative came and joined us in London. It was really exciting and great work that he's doing of through his whole Picture the Palace initiative. We had Sir Martin Sorrell, we, you know, one of the leaders of the ad tech industry, speaking and lots of other cool names and brands and Unilever's uh, Foundry, their top companies coming through and many others. So we've always been this platform. We call ourselves a festival because we're not just a conference yeah. you know where you sit and talk you know where we've got an exhibition area we have side events so we have lots of things going on to make people's uh you know experience be fun and informal you know we're all about that informal we take over bars in brick lane where we you know have simultaneous meetups and networking events this year we're working with uh tech crunch as well who are yeah. doing their pitch off so we're all about collaboration and inclusion and trying so to make a Try to make London and Shoreditch a happening place. So obviously, a uh, lot. Of, was there a lot of difference between uh, what you saw in London and what you saw in Singapore earlier this year? And if so, what was the most interesting thing that you picked up in in Singapore? I think asking a very good question. Look, I think you can't compare. As I keep saying to people, what works in Singapore might not necessarily work in London, and might not necessarily work in New York. You know, if you look at London, whether we, you know, with all this Brexit talk, which is still irrelevant, London is one of the financial centres, one of the business centres of the world, and it always will be. And I'm a proud, uh, I'm a proud Brit. I'm actually Welsh. So I wouldn't say Englishman, but uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I'm, you know, Great Britain. United Kingdom is a great place. So Britain's always going to be. Uh, ahead of the curve and Singapore is a really you know the gateway of Asia and Asia is one of the fastest growing economies so you, what we're seeing here in, in London is much more of 
companies growing, maturity, you know, seeing, you know, now the whole banking sector, reform looking at the insurance industry. So there's much more stability in London. You know, we're seeing the growth is much more stable. In Asia, where we're really you know, riding the surf wave, there the explosion is huge. You know, if you think about it, Singapore is a population of just under 5 million people and we brought 11,000 people together. So the proportionality is massive yeah. and the drive is there, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, Asian culture so changing I'm how p- to accept. I'm going to push you. Yeah, what, go on. What was the best tech you saw in Singapore? So, okay, the best tech I saw, they have some great, um, they're very into games. Yeah. So they have some very, very, very cool, you know, augmented reality. I was playing, it was kind of like uh, Call of Duty, but they were having all sorts of like lightsabers. And, yeah. and, you know, it's a great way to kill an afternoon, you know, sitting at a screen <laughs> with all sorts of gadgets. But also as well, Asians are quite shy. So a lot of their technology is based on mobile and talking. So if you're at a panel discussion, they won't put their hands up. So they have apps where you can ask speakers questions. Very, very, very very different culture. And there's also the other side. There's a lot of copycat uh, businesses in Asia. But stuff that happens in the West, you know, they copy a lot what happens in Europe and what happens in America. Whereas, you know, obviously in in Britain, we had some few cool companies coming. We had some great uh, AR, VR, some great hardware companies came to Unbound London this year. This year we've got this augmented reality wall. Okay. You definitely, when you do your show, have a go on it. It's, yeah, uh, no, we'll have a it's look. It's basically, it's basically an Oculus with a climbing frame. Uh, but genius idea, but it makes it very realistic. And, you know, we're seeing much more of these convergence of technologies coming together. And that's what I think we're seeing around the world. I think that's what London does well. And obviously Asia's got some of its cool products that are also launching into this part of the world. Okay, I mean that's really fascinating, Dan. Um, so, um, wh- wh- where um, where do you think? Uh, well, sorry, where can people find out a bit more about Unbound Live? So, good, go to our website, Unbound.live. You can see a little bit more about our event. You know, you, know, you guys are going to be there, so people listening on the day, mm-hmm. they can uh, they can hear that, and it's just take a look at. Uh, Take a look at the website. We've got some great speakers, the founder of TomTom, you know, talking about how their business has changed. You know, we all had years ago those great TomTom devices on our dashboards <laughs> and worried about them getting nicked. Now it's all on the phone, how their business has reinvented themselves and looking at that, you know, from Twitter, Facebook, big brands such as, you know, from Unilever, we've got all big speakers coming and all relevant, you know, this is about bringing people relevant to your business. So it should be a fun couple of days if the weather's great it'll be even better we moved it from november to yeah. july to take advantage of the british weather now don't let me down the weather <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, so, yeah. you know my birthday's in july so you're always you know thinking you can have a summer party until it rains on the day but uh we, it should be good okay well thank you so much for joining us we're really looking forward to seeing you at, thank you at likewise. the event in july and uh we'll speak to you then thank you take care cheers thank you thanks very much, very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. so Guys in the studio, Brian you're, uh, and Jerry, you're both involved in the tech industry. How do you keep abreast of what's new and what's what innovation, Brian? Um, <clears throat> largely uh, just online reading right. um, shows like this. Um, okay. A- anything feeds quite good, even yeah, like I... just uh, magazines and things. Sometimes you see something, you know, something like Wired. Uh, you might see, uh, you've seen these hover cameras now, and yeah. you kind of think, wow, we could have uh, complete hands-free. Aerial so shots. You, you, yeah, can, yeah. you can find something yeah. completely left field that you might be able to incorporate. I think that's quite 
quite a nice way. Obviously, then there's the more straightforward stuff you have to keep up with, but uh, I like to do that. And has it, Jerry? It's always been that the tech industry gets pivoted all the time. So you see one application and one bit of functionality somewhere, it then comes across to something else. Yeah, it's. Uh, I suppose in the in, in the lighting industry, one of the big you know chat points at the moment is about wireless control, but it hasn't taken off because simply people don't want to have to look for their smartphone in order to just control their lights. So yeah. that's been a big misread in in the industry. And in terms of how I would you know monitor what's happening, I tend to look not so much at what competitors are doing but more at the underlying technologies going into what our competitors have access to and, you know, innovating and pioneering in, in that space rather than looking at what our competitors are doing. So that gives us an edge and it's, I think yeah. it's what's given us the ability to produce what we're, we're going to be talking about later. Well, in fact, we're going to talk about them now because I know you've brought <laughs> some samples in. So yeah, um, Bloom Lab... That's yeah. it, bloomlabs.com. And um, you've got three examples... LED lights, but that's an adapter. Tell us. <laughs> oh, sorry, you've got two examples. LED. Oh, there are two. Yeah. Um, tell us a little, little bit about how these have come about, but also what the technology is behind them. Okay, the technology behind them is the it's LED, but implemented in a very different way. So what we've done is in a conventional or standard LED bulb, you've got a few different parts that contribute to its efficiency. You've got a driver, you have the LEDs themselves, how efficient they are, and you have the optics. Right. Um, we've optimised the efficiency at all stages, dramatically optimised it. And in, in, in terms of the, uh, the, the lifetime, the big difference for us, uh, it's a, the lifetime is achieved by uh, temperature. The temperature that you're... Uh, that your bulb operates on is the biggest impact on lifetime. Right. And we're achieving, on average, about 40 degrees C cooler than our competitors. Right. So it's, it's, it's only when you get close to uh, what's actually happening in the industry that you begin to realise how uh, the industry has moved to be focused. Unfortunately, in many cases, you know, too much on cost, unit cost, and not really about the cost of light. Yep. And we produce the lowest cost of light on the planet, um, but yet our light bulbs aren't the cheapest. No. So you might say, how do you do that? Um, the light bulbs, because of their extreme efficiency, will save in a commercial application probably about a pound fifty to two pounds per year on energy. Um, but because they have the extreme lifetime, they will also save dramatically over on, that period. Yeah, on, the replacement cost. Yeah, yeah. There, there aren't any uh, maintenance costs, or there shouldn't be any. Because I mean, ten years ago, people were not bothered about how much my, in terms of energy, how much my energy my light bulb uses, or in fact, it, all they cared about was how expensive was it to buy. Yeah. The the market has now changed, and I think people accept that you pay a premium for LED, but you get quite a saving in terms of energy. But you're taking that even further in terms of yes. not only do you get far more reduced energy costs, you also get longer life, um, and, and, you know, lower operating costs across the whole life of the, the product. Yeah, it's, it's, it's looking at a whole of life and it's not just about you know, the, 
the uh, the lifetime. There's a lot. The light bulb is designed to be fully recyclable, remanufacturable. Right. So these can, at end of life, be fully disassembled, and as they exist, the parts can be reused. They mm-hmm. don't have to be scrapped down and melted down for the plastic and stripped. The it can actually be disassembled and reassembled. You could put in uh, a new set of LEDs, a new driver. So it, it's a full circular economy. I've, I mean, I've actually got the design in front of me. I think it's a fantastic piece of mm-hmm. art design myself, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Complete departure from so, so we've got standard bulb, isn't it? We've got a, an illuminated ring that sits around yeah. the bottom of the bulb where the LEDs are positioned around the ring. Yes. It's then held with a frame that takes it up into the standard um, uh, screw, uh, large large diameter yeah. screw fitting. Um, I mean... A bit like a flower. It does look like, like a flower, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, so the light is directed outwards or outwards and downwards? Okay, so we have patented technology in there. Uh, one of the massive problems with conventional or standard LED lights is that they tend to direct light in one direction. Yes. So if it's a table lamp, you'll have a bright spot on the ceiling, right? but a poorly lit room. If it's a pendant where it's lighting down, you'll have a bright spot on the floor, but again, a poorly lit room. So we've uh, invented a way of being able to use the light to distribute it evenly in all directions. Yeah. So you get a much softer light you get a better use of light and it apart from you know having a better efficiency in terms of conversion efficiency we're also getting this massive improvement in the use of that converted light so we, we get a, a multiplier effect so against good competitors we're achieving over 50 percent better uh, lumen per, per dollar or useful light per, yeah. per dollar or, or per pound so you've got, um, sorry, that's a pendant that you've just shown the, me. Yeah. This, this can be, you know, from a ceiling yep. or it can be in a table. Lamp. Okay, so, yeah. But the light goes in all directions. All the, yeah, which is something yeah. I haven't seen before from an LED lamp it at all. It doesn't exist. No. <laughs> this is the first. It's amazing. Um, also, I assume that for retail outlets and places like that, it's the heat, you, you know, you're substantially reducing the heat generated from the lighting as well. Yeah, so the, the the key benefits of it, Steve, are, um, first of all, it's dramatically more efficient. Yeah. So what happens when you have electricity goes into a light bulb, it converts into two forms of energy. One is light energy and the other is heat. heat. Yeah. So if you can extract far more light from the electrical energy going in, you generate dramatically less heat. Yeah. That... And you know, massive reduction in heat gives us, if you like, part one of how we can achieve such a long life. But because of the unique thermal design then, where air can flow quite literally in behind the LEDs, that accounts for probably about an extra 20 degrees C difference. Wow. So if we used only the same components and did everything the same as competitors, just by designing like that, we achieve over 20 degrees C cooler. Yeah, but because we're also using you know uh, top end components, we double that, That's and great. that translates to being you know ten to fifteen times longer lifetime. <coughs> you, so you effectively have a light bulb for life. Yeah, and That's uh, 
haven't spoken about the dimming capability, but you can dim no, it. We'll talk about that actually in yeah, a second. An so the other, the other bulb you've got is the standard GU. Is it a GU10? It is a GU10, yes, but, so, not, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that one. It's uh, so the <laughs> GU10 is designed um, again using this ring technology. And what we're doing there is we're separating the, the LEDs generate the most heat in, in, in a light bulb. And how most light bulbs fail is not the LEDs, but it's the electronics that actually fail because of the high uh, heat. So what we're doing is we're thermally removing the LEDs from heating yeah. the internal electronics. Yeah. They're separated physically. Yeah. And there's this airflow capability. So... And because of the LEDs then going direct through a super high efficiency optic, we get um, electronics that runs very cool, so it operates more efficiently. We're using super high quality LEDs, uh, single die, which again, I won't get into the tech in too, in too much detail, but you cannot achieve the same efficiency when you use a single large chip. It's just not, not physically, possible. the laws of physics dictate mm -hmm. against it. I'm fascinated. You say you say it lasts. Um, they you know they can last you know seventy years, um, and obviously your technology will move in. So I'm just one move on. So I'm just wondering where you say that the um, bulbs can be you know broken down, taken down constituent parts. Yeah. Does that mean that you could actually upgrade elements potentially? That is absolutely correct. The uh, sixty watt equivalent will have a uh, a bolt going in here where the live is. It can be basically it can be screwed out can be disassembled, you can change all the parts without having to use a soldering iron. That's brilliant. Wow. Pimp my so, light bulb. So, <laughs> yeah, so if you want to... Also, Dan, by the way, seven. I don't need these because they're going to last 70 years. I, re <laughs> I reckon I've only got a handful of years left, so I might as well go with a cheap alternative. Leave, uh, them, in, leave them in your will. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true, yes. Well, yeah. that's Something a, I could leave, it, leave that, to the kids. That's actually one of the funny things people have, have joked about that. You know, uh, oh, I, I want Granny's light bulbs. Yeah. Because they really will go from, they will become part of a, of, a, of an heirloom. You yeah, know, that's, sure. And, it, you know, there's very few opportunities in life to make a real difference that, that I've seen. And, mm. uh, you know, if the entire planet was to change to our light bulbs and you do the numbers on it, it actually would reduce CO2 emissions by a full 1%. Which that's quite dramatic. It is dramatic. Yeah, it actually. is dramatic. And there's a lots of things happening trying to achieve that, whereas yeah. one simple thing, yeah. And it is actually, again, it's the cheapest cost of light available. Not the cheapest bulb, but it is the cheapest cost of light. So, so can I ask how much? Because you know they do last a very long time. I think they're something like ten times um, um, the lifetime of a standard LED, if that's right. Yeah. How much would uh, you know one of those bulbs be? It, so. It will be between 2 and 2.5 times the cost of what we would grade as a, a good quality competitor. Okay. If you're looking at a, you know, a super cheap competitor, I would you know, advise people, please don't buy them because you may have a, you know, just purchased a fire hazard. So if you don't want to buy our light bulbs, please buy a, at least at a least decent quality. Decent one. Yeah, just for your own safety. So yeah. who's the biggest seller of uh, LED lights? Um, the the big players would be companies like Philips, IKEA, Osram, Sylvania. Yeah, and so they're the big. It's yeah. the big players in the market. We um, happen to have done development work for all four uh, of those. Really? Yeah. So, um, 
how did the company come about? So you obviously all been involved in lighting in some format. Yes. Before, yeah. So the uh, project started three years ago to develop a circular economy light bulb, and about a year ago, I saw what the, I, I was supporting the guys with the driver, the electronics that goes in here, and I was asked if I'd like to come and help manage the company. Right. And uh, it's very rare you get an opportunity to make a difference like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Um, I want to come to the dimming technology in a bit, bit in a second. Now, you're out trying to get funding at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. we're more than likely going to launch tomorrow or Friday. On and you're going It'll be two on, routes or one route. So what we're doing is we're doing an equity. Uh, funding first, so we will be selling about 20% of the company sure. uh, to uh, what we want to do is we want to release all three models this year so, yeah. and we need the A60 is, all of the design for manufacture work has been done, so it's just a matter of tooling up and working capital to launch and that'll be around about 100k, the GU10 there's a little bit more work left to, to do in it so it'll be a little bit over 100k for, right. for that to launch and the A40 or the 40 watt equivalent is really a miniaturized version of the yep. 60 watt. Yeah. So all of the, if you like, uh, manufacturing bugs mm -hmm. have been pretty much ironed out. Um, so we're looking for around about 330k. Right. Yeah. And that's that's coming out in the next few days. Yeah. It'll uh, be on our website or a uh, the an equity crowdfunding platform called Share In S H A R E I N. Okay. Yeah. Has that been hard to, to line that up in terms of... Uh, no, it's it's been quite incredible. The it, the whole tech space is being massively democratised in terms of a company like ours couldn't really have, you know, I, I don't think we could have easily gone to market in, in the past. You would have to have a, a an angel who, you know, was really totally into what we're doing and a lot of people are and we will have a number of significant investors. Yeah. But the... Ability to get a number of people who put in, say, 25 or 50K is something that you can do with these platforms. It's financial conduct, uh, conduct authority approved, FCA approved. So there's been a lot of due diligence already done on on, on the company. So it, it makes it a lot safer for investors. Yeah. And, you know, if you are somebody who just wants to have a punt and be involved in a really exciting company, uh, minimum investment is... Two hundred and fifty pounds, I is think. That all? Yeah. So you I'm can. I'm going to look. Yeah. I've now I've seen it. I've got Brian. Are you, know, you, we, are you thinking the same? We are going Sounds to be sharing our stories. So yeah, yeah. You you could very learn very well, well learn more about tech business by being an investor in our company than you will doing a degree. Yeah. Because we have a lot of very innovative business models apart from innovative tech. Yeah. No, I was I was amazed. So now Dan, he's a cheapskate. <laughs> he buys he buys LED bulbs yeah. and tries to dim dim them and then he keeps going, Well they don't work, they keep flickering. I'm trying to make them as dim as me. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and that's not easy. Hard? Easy. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Tell us a little bit about the tech in there because it is very clever actually, I thought. Yeah, so um a lot of people get excited by tech without really thinking it through. And you know, there's some clever products out there that you can control quite well with your smartphone but I've spent a lot of time with some of the best people actually the best people in lighting in Europe 
And invariably, they all would have tried doing stuff with their smartphones, use it four or five times, novelty wears off, yeah. and they go, enough of that, you know, yeah. I just want to change the lights. Yeah. So what we've done is we have a technology whereby you, just an ordinary light switch, on-off button, you switch on the light, and then if you want to dim it, you you simply switch the light, the, light back on. You, you, you turn the switch off and on quickly, yeah. and it goes into a dimming phase. And right. when it gets to the light level that you want, you just toggle it off and on again quickly, and it holds it. So and that's fantastic. And so it saves having all these either very costly dimmer controllers. Absolutely. Or you end up, where's my phone because I need to dim the lights. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great tech. Smart without the internet. I like yeah, that. I so do too, yeah. You, you, can ha you can have your entire house converted to dimmable lights without having to yeah, without install a single dim dimmer. Yeah. You just change the that's light bulbs. Um, yeah. We could talk forever. I, I'm really, I'm actually blown away by the tech, but thank you both for very much for joining us. It, it's where is what's the website address? This Bloom. Our our website is Bloom Labs. That's B L U M E L A B S dot com. Fantastic guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Sorry thank about you all the jokes at you your much. expense. <laughs> no, the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been great to speak to you. Thank you ever so much. Thanks for a great show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.